We're joined today by Brian Bretsch from Ameren, Illinois. Brian, thank you so much for your time. Well, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's the time of the year whenever people start looking at their gardens and they start looking at their homes and thinking to themselves, maybe I should put a shovel in the dirt and spread some topsoil or put down a new rose bush. And that also means it's the time of the year when people start digging into underground utilities. And so we want to talk with you today uh, to remind people that there is some steps they should take before they dig even the shallowest of holes on their uh, property. So, Brian, with that uh, set up, we know about 411 for information. There's another important number. That is correct, Will. It's 811 uh, that you can call. It's a free service, and what that does is that contacts a third-party contractor that uh, represents uh Ameren, illinois and uh, they will send someone somebody out within 48 hours and they will mark all of the underground utilities that are uh, on the piece of property that uh, you want to do some digging whether it's a tree mailbox fence posts or whatever and you certainly want to call that always even though you think you know your yard very well because you just never know when somebody might be coming in and putting some fiber optics underground in your neighborhood or, or um, you know, maybe a new sewer line. You may have been uh, away from the house when that happens, and you just you just never know what's below you because you can't see it. So the best thing to do is uh, do the right thing, be safe, and call 811. The service is free, and believe it or not, it is also the law. And you mentioned mailboxes. I think that's one of the specific things where folks can really get in trouble because a lot of times those are placed out at the end of a driveway, uh, out near right-of-ways that cities or the state might maintain. And these are the places where directional boring occurs. And you could have a fiber optic line uh, having been bored underground and it's not as if you would have noticed a trench being dug uh, because these new machines that they've had the last decade or so can go a long way uh, without really having to disturb the earth in the way a person would notice it. That is correct. No, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, uh, yes, it's it's amazing to watch these uh, boring machines operate. It's a person sitting um, behind the wheel of, of, it almost looks like, I think if you take a look at, a, at, at an anteater or something with like a long, knows that this piece of equipment has this uh, rod that uh, comes out and then it actually bores into the ground and the person operating it sits there and it's an unbelievable uh, skill set. They're looking at a screen and it is actually showing them everything that's in the area. And um, I've watched over a person's shoulder before, Will, and it's amazing the amount of utilities that are underground and then you also got to remember that when you go through the winter and you have the freeze and how ground can shift and stuff that's what gets people into trouble is you just you think that you've lived in your house 10 15 20 years and you know what's in the ground well i've been to plenty of job sites where we've been digging using that boring material or boring machine and all of a sudden we discover oh wow here's a 
here's a, a AT&T line that we never knew was here. Well, we, you stop the job and you make sure you know where it is and then you make a call on our end and you find out, well, within the last six months, you know, the phone company was through there and put in some new fiber optics and put in some new plastic. So if, if you know, someone like us, we've called for all of the Julies ourselves, but uh, it, it, when, when you're messing with stuff uh, uh, underground, there's just always the potential for for a surprise and you just never want that to happen to you where you're putting that shovel in the ground and you you hit an underground power line or you hit a uh, one of our gas lines and the service is free again just dialing 811 gets the job done and you go through the steps once you are connected now once you are uh, dialing 811 uh, what is the process that unfolds thereafter Great question. So what will happen is, is this third uh, party will take your take down your information. They'll say, when are you planning to uh, work on your property? You know, if it's going to be a week from now, then uh, within 48 hours of that job starting for you, uh, one of two contractors that we use, um, USIC, and the other one is called um, uh, Stake It. Uh, S-T-A-K-E and not the uh, red meat, but uh, <laughs> they'll come out. It'll be a contractor, and uh, he will or she will uh, go to the piece of property. You'll have already given the dimensions on where you think you're going to be digging. Obviously, if it's a mailbox like we referred to earlier, it'll be a small location, and then that individual will go around and has got a, a piece of equipment that will uh, locate all the different um, utilities that uh, could be in that area and uh, just as an example if there happens to be any natural gas uh, within that area there will be some yellow paint marks as well as yellow flags stuck in the ground and then um, also representing the other hammering illinois utility if there's red paint and red flags in the area that means that there is underground electric lines and what happens then is uh, You'll be able to see where the uh, other utilities are as well, where they are marked, and then you'll be able to uh, dig within what we call that uh, that tolerance zone, which is about 18 inches on either side of those marked lines with, uh, you know, with a shovel, and, and you'll be fine. Brian Bretsch from Amron, Illinois, is with us today, reminding everyone to dial 811 before you dig, before you set that fence post or put up that new mailbox anytime you're going to be working in your yard is a good time to dial 811 now if somebody does strike uh, let's say a natural gas line what should they do um there's two things that that you should do one is even if you haven't you know there's there's two ways you can strike a natural gas line um one is you can actually strike it to where you hear the uh, hissing sound and that's the uh, high pressure gas or the distribution gas um, which is a little bit lower pressure but it'll have a distinct whistle sound and you'll also uh, smell that rotten egg smell so that's one instance where you could strike it or the other one is a lot of people do this will where they uh, nick the line you know they bump it and they scratch it and it doesn't you know pierce the line so they don't have that smell and they don't uh, hear anything but even if you do that, uh, what we want you to do is stop at the job immediately and um, safely walk away from the from the from the area, and then use you know your cell phone or your uh, landline, and um, 
call uh, call us at 1-800-755-5000 to send somebody out and take a look at it. If you actually strike it to where, you're, where you hear that hissing noise, then what we want you to do is um, call 911 and report it as, you know, a potential uh, um, for some danger, possible explosion if, if, you know, somebody gets around that natural gas and doesn't know that it's blowing. So what you want to do is call 911 and then they'll get a hold of us at Amherst, Illinois, and we'll get somebody out there as soon as possible. We'll get the uh, natural gas service shut off and then we'll uh, go right away into uh, making the repairs so we can get the natural gas flowing not only to uh, your property, but a lot of times when you um, pierce a line like that, you're not only disturbing your natural gas service, but, uh, you know, you could be disturbing um, several neighbors or maybe even a whole neighborhood, depending on how large the line is that you strike. And again, you don't want to don't want to do that. But safest thing to do is, again, whether you nick it or hit it is to stop the job immediately, move move safely away from the location and, and uh, call 911 if it's a strike and then they'll call us, or if you just nick the line, uh, leave it alone and give us a call at 1-800-755-5000 so we can check it out and make the necessary repairs. Of course, those are utilities that are located underground and are really not on the top of anyone's mind because they are out of sight. But things that are more inside, of course, are the high-tension lines and the power lines that are overhead. We are so used to seeing those. And this time of the year is graduation season, it's wedding season, and one of the things that Amron has been highlighting is not something that I had ever thought about as a hazard to uh, overhead utilities, and that's Mylar balloons. We often see these at graduations and weddings and birthday parties and things like this. These can be uh, hazardous to overhead power lines. Brian, tell us about it. Right. So, Will, what, what's uh, been fascinating to me is I kind of uh, fell upon this um, cause of an outage about five or six years ago. And what Mylar balloons are, they're different than the rubber balloons that are both are filled with helium. And certainly we want people to celebrate and have good times outside. But the difference between the two is the Mylar balloon is has that metallic look to it. So it's actually a balloon that's coated and if those balloons are released in the air and if they float into some of our power lines or even into one of our uh, substations, um, those balloons, because of that metallic property, will actually, if they come in contact, can cause a, a surge within that um within those power lines or can cause a surge if it's within the substation. So what the balloon does is just it caught, it, it creates almost like a, uh, um, a path for the uh, electric to bounce back and forth between the metallic properties on the balloon and whether it's the substation transformer or the power line. So if that happens, then um, there is um, definitely the potential for a power outage and we have seen several of those uh, throughout our service territory over the last five years. So people should dispose of Mylar balloons in the proper way, obviously, and not just let them uh, float away. Right, yeah, and, and 
I don't know how long the the phenomenon has been of you know you have a celebration and, and you release balloons for you know if somebody's has a birthday or a graduation and we know you know in, in some cases when someone's passed away they do a beautiful ceremony and, and they release balloons in, in memory of, of of the person who was lost which again we understand all of that we're not you know trying to dim or down any of the parties or any of these uh, celebrations of life but yes what we're asking folks to do is just to dispose of them properly and that's to if you're using the mylar balloons instead of releasing them just you know once the the uh, celebration is over with is to uh you know cut the balloon and and let the uh, helium uh, out of those balloons instead of uh, releasing them and then there are some areas of the state of illinois and it's becoming more and more and you hate to hear about people writing laws and rules about that but there are are more and more parks throughout the state of illinois who are uh, actually banning mylar balloons because of that reason and because of what they can eventually do to uh, wildlife when they uh, when they land brian bretch with us today from Ameren, illinois talking about a couple of good reminders for this time of the year dial 811 before you dig and when we're talking about these celebrations, be sure to dispose of those mylar balloons appropriately because they have been leading to power outages. Brian, thank you so much for your time. As always, we appreciate it. Well, I always appreciate your time, and hopefully your listeners uh, find some of these safety tips uh, valuable and, and also a little bit of a learning experience. So I, I appreciate, as always, the time to talk with you.